Ladies and gentlemen, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the Atlantic Council. My name is Fred Hoff. I'm a senior fellow in the uh, Rafi Kariri Center here at the Council. And it, uh, it gives me great pleasure uh, today to be able to introduce uh, the president of the Union of Revolutionary Bureaus, Ra'ed Faris of Kefranbel, Idlib province, Syria. Immediately following my comments, I'll invite Ra'ed Faris to speak, after which he and my colleague, Faisal Etani, will have a brief conversation uh, before opening things up for questions. I had the, uh, I had the great pleasure of first meeting Ra'ed several months ago in Gaziantep, where I visited not only in my Atlantic Council capacity, uh, but as a board member of Democracy Council, a Los Angeles-based NGO that supports the survival and the growth of civil society, not only in Syria, but around the world. Visiting the Democracy Council team and hearing the stories of Ra'ed Faris and other very courageous civil society activists was one of the few positive and uplifting experiences I've had in relation uh, to the Syria crisis over the past four years and seven months. The question is often asked, who speaks for the Syrian opposition? This afternoon, you'll receive at least a partial answer as you listen to Ra'ed Faris. At the heart of the Syrian revolution is a core of civil society activists who are trying under the most difficult of circumstances to resist the Assad regime and other armed extremists. That resistance not only seeks to keep people fed and protected from disease, but to inform, to train, and to resolve conflict. Through civil society initiatives funded by the US government and implemented by the Union of Revolutionary Bureaus and other Syrian organizations, the hope for real self-government based on the consent of the governed remains alive in Syria. One of the challenges for those who seek a genuine political transition in Syria from arbitrary rule by family to rule of law, citizenship, and consent of the governed is to ensure that the voices of those inside Syria keeping alive the hope of self-rule are heard and heeded. The Rafi Hariri Center of the Atlantic Council has recently inaugurated a new blog, Syria Source, dedicated to amplifying the authentic voices of Syrian civil society. I urge everyone here to subscribe. And today, for live tweeting purposes, please use hashtag SyriaCrisis. Raad Faris still lives in Syria. He is one of the country's most prominent non-sectarian civil society activists. He has been targeted for assassination not only by the regime, but by Daesh and other extremists. He's implemented over $2 million worth of US government projects, providing critical survival services, women's programs, and media services. He is a brave man with an irrepressible sense of humor. He represents the best of what Syria can be. It's my pleasure and my honor to present Ra'ed Faris.
Thank you, Ambassador Hoff, so much for those kind words and for everything you do for the Syrians because you are a hero of the Syrian people. Thanks for, also thanks for uh, the Athletic Council for doing all of this and thank you all for coming. I, I prefer to speak in Arabic because of my bad English, so I'm so sorry. So Kinan will help me in uh, translating. في البداية إنه أنا موجود هون بس لحتى تسمعوا الصوت اللي الكل عم يحاول يقمعه من بداية الثورة والأسد عم يحاول يقمع المجتمع المدني عم يحاول يقمع الحراك السلمي عم يحاول يقمع كل كل مظاهر الحراك المدني اللي موجودة في الشارع ومن بعده التنظيمات الراديكالية اللي اجت التنظيمات المتطرفة اللي اجت كمان حاولت تقمع وتشتغل بذات الاسلوب وتقمع ذات الصوت فعلقنا نحن هذا الصوت المجتمع المدني الشعب السوري علق بين ارهابين ارهابين من طرفين من جهة بشار الاسد وكل الداعمين تبعه حزب الله وايران وروسيا ومن جهة تانية التنظيمات الإرهابية داعش ومسيلاتها القاعدة ومسيلاتها. So for starters, I want to say that it's great that we have the voice of civil society here today, because since the very beginning of the revolution, the Assad regime has done everything in its power to silence the voice of civil society, to silence any kind of movement or action taken by civilians in the streets against the regime, and then after that. The radical groups like ISIS and Nusra and Al-Qaeda and others sought the same to silence the voices of Syrian civil society. So we as civil society were caught between two different types of terrorism. On the one hand, the terrorism of the Assad regime and all of its backers, including Hezbollah, the Iranians, and other sponsors of the regime. And on the other hand, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and the other radical groups. From the beginning, everyone will ask why the Syrian people are doing this and why they are able to get all the damage and all the damage. They were living in Syria. But what I want to ask is that we are not living in عبيد العائلة حكمتنا خمسين سنة من سنة من سنة ثلاثة وستين لسنة الألفين وإداعش فما كنا عايشين مثل البشر نحن ما كنا مثل البشر ما كنا نعرف نسمع في كلمة كرامي نسمع في كلمة حرية بس ما بنعرف كيف هذا الحكي كان وكيف بيتنفذ على الأرض وكيف بينعاش هذا اللي خلانا نطلع نحن ثورة لحتى نصير مثل باقي البشر بس هيك لأن لنقمع لنكسر هذا الحاجز اللي رسمنا إياه some people may ask at times why we rose up against the Assad regime, why we brought to Syria all of this violence and war and bloodshed. Some people may think that we were living normally before this revolution, but the reality is quite the opposite. In Syria, we were all living, but we were all slaves on a plantation. And the, our slaves, the regi uh, our, those who enslaved us, the Syrian government, they took away from us our very understanding of the words of freedom and dignity. And so for us, we wanted to rise up against the government just to break this wall of fear that existed so that we could understand what it means to be free and what it means to have dignity. <laughs> كان سلاحنا الشعار كان سلاحنا ليفتي كان سلاحنا بوستر هذا اللي هذا اللي اشتغلناه بالبداية واستعمل ضدنا استعمل ضدنا أعطى أنواع الأسلحة وقتل وشرد من البداية سبع أو ثمان شهور وهو عم يقتل فينا ونحن سلاحنا الكلمة والهتاف والبوستر. So we revolted against this regime only using words. Using non-violent methods like posters and banners and chants in the streets, and these words 
the Syrian government responded to with the most brutal of weapons, every kind of heavy weaponry, every kind of um, uh, oppression that you can imagine, just as a response to our use of words. For the first seven or eight months, we continued in only non-violent means. But after that time, many people defected from the Assad regime's army. And at that time, they came and they joined the revolution. But we can't say that they are the opposition or that they are the revolution. In fact, they were just coming to protect the demonstrators and to protect the revolution. And after two years of this bloodshed in this uh, violence in Syria, Al-Qaeda entered into Syria. And Al-Qaeda, when they entered into Syria, and all the other groups like ISIS and other radical groups, they entered not in order to protect the Syrian people, but they entered in order to occupy and to have power. And they, they came for the same reasons that the Assad regime is in Syria, which is to control the, the people of Syria and the country of Syria. so for us as civil society, we have always, our voices have always been silenced by those other groups. And as an example, the Assad regime came and they, um, they destroyed my media office on three different occasions. The first time, they burned the office down, and the second, time, and, the second and third times, they targeted it with barrel bombs. Daesh. اللي هي الجنب الثاني من الإرهاب في 2013 دهنت الراديو تبعنا واعتقلت ست ناشطين خطفت ست ناشطين موجودين في الراديو كسرت وسرقت المعدات اللي موجودة والمكتب الإعلامي and ISIS did the same in the end of 2013. They came and they raided our media office and they abducted six of our activists and they destroyed all of our equipment. داعش في 29/1/2014 بعثوا لي اثنين وقفوا قدام سيارتي وضربوا علي اكثر من 60 طلقه ثلاثه اجوا في صدري وفي ايدي وفي الكتف ضليت ثلاث شهور بعدها ISIS in on the 29th of January 2014 just the month later they sent two assassins in the middle of the night and they shot me with 60 rounds after which three of them entered into my chest arm and shoulder and Al-Qaeda also targeted my car with improvised explosive devices, IEDs, on two different occasions. And both times I was in the car and the entire front of the car blew off and I, was, I suffered minor injuries. القاضي خطفوني مرتين وجند الأقصى هذا تنظيم لسه جديد كتير وكمان أرهابي كمان داخل على الخط هذا اللي اللي ما بين داعش وما بين القاضي رفض رفض يكون لمن هاد ولمن هاد ودخل في النص بس هو أقرب لداعش كمان خطفني مرة. And I was also abducted on two separate occasions by Al Qaeda and on one occasion by جند الأقصى which is a newer terrorist organization which, uh, which emerged from the split that happened between Al-Qaeda or Nusra and ISIS and it came out sort of in the middle and it's closer to ISIS.
البعض قد يسال انه هذا الشخص موجود بيناتهم وبكل بساطه ممكن يقتحموا ويجوا يشيلوه ويمشوا مثل ما اقتحموا على جمال معروف وقتلوه ومثل ما مثل ما اقتحموا حركه حزم وشالوا الكل وشالوها ودمروها فانه هذا شخص زلمه في الاخير ليش ما عم يجوا هو ايش بيناتهم ليش ما عم يجوا بيشيلوا بشكل علني Some people may wonder that <clears throat> at the end I'm just a man and this man is can easily be taken abducted publicly the same way that Nusra came and they uh, took out uh, Jamal Ma'roof who is the leader of the Syrian Revolutionaries uh, Front uh, SRF and the same way that they took out the Hazm movement in Idlib why do, why can't they just take out Raid Faris publicly in the same way why are they doing all of these things behind the scenes they're trying under the table to kill me instead of doing it publicly من البدايه على على انه نحرك المجتمع من داخله على انه نقود المجتمع من داخله لذلك اخترنا اخترنا طريقه عمل معينه قدمنا مشاريع خدميه للمجتمع قدمنا مثل مشروع ماي بالتعاون مع الديموكراسي كونسل اوف كاليفورنيا بكلفه بحدود 630000 دولار لتزويد مي الشرب لاكثر من مدينه نحن قدمنا مشروع ماي لمدينتين ثلاثه او خمس قرى ثانيين كمان بكلفة بحدود 350000 دولار قدمنا عدة مشاريع ولحتى أكثر نكون متغلغلين في المجتمع اشتغلنا على خط ثاني اللي هو كيف بدنا نحكي مع الناس وحكينا مع الناس من خلال راديو فريش راديو إذاعة اف ام بتبث في الداخل ل 24 ساعة وبتحكي مع الناس 24 ساعة وبطريقتنا وتغلغلنا في المجتمع في ست مراكز نسائية موجودة في المجتمع في في ست ضيع مختلفة في في ست مراكز اطفال مع ست مدارس موجوده في المجتمع، اذا نحن متغلغلين في المجتمع واذا اي ارتكاب او اي جريمه بدهم يحاولوا يرتكبوها في حق حدا قائد مدني، قائد في مجتمع مدني رح ينقلب كل هذا المجتمع اللي نحن عم نخدمه واللي نحن فايتين فيه واللي بيتجاوز عدده اكثر من مليون شخص ضد هذا الفصيل اللي بده يهاجم هذا الشخص بشكل علني. And the answer for why they can't just take out a man like this is very simple. The reason is that for us as civil society activists, we've become so entrenched in society, we're so entangled and we're so uh, rooted in this society and this community that we're a part of after the work that we've done in the past three years. And in order to achieve this level of uh, unity and, and being an essential part of this community, we had to provide different services to those people that live in this area. So one of the first projects we embarked on was a $670,000 project we did in cooperation with the Democracy Council of California in which we used uh, five water wells which are already dug in the ground and created water uh, facilities to bring running water to Syrians who had not had any running water for four years. We did this in our town and surrounding towns in Kaframbil and we also did it in five other villages east of Kaframbil and we did this also um, in work with the local councils there. And then after that in order to even further become a part of the, uh, to, to further create the connection that we needed with the society. We, we started these media projects so that we could talk to people and so that we could have di a discourse with the civilians that live in our area. And so what we did was we started a radio station, Radio Fresh FM, and we also have magazines that talk to people about the issues that are important to them. We also created six women's centers, one in our town and five in other villages, and six children's centers in schools throughout this area. So the reason why these extremist groups can't simply come and take out the leader of a civil society group like ours is because if they were to come after me publicly, then the million people that we're serving and we're talking to on a daily basis and who have come to rely on us would all turn against those extremist groups and that's something that they just can't afford. هو هو قادر على انه يتحدى المجتمع المدني ويوقف وجه الحضن الشعبي ما في اي فصيل غير قادر لا يتجرأ انه يتحدى البيئه الشعبيه لذلك نحن معتمدين على هذا الاسد
وبشكل متواصل بنتحداهم وما سالين عن اكبر فصيل او اي فصيل مفكر حوله هو الاقوى على الارض وحتى اجى عرض من 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 احرار الشام انه يحمونا ويبعثوا لنا قوه تحمينا من النصره ومن القاعده ومن كل هالقصص هي بس نحن رفضنا لانه نحن اقوى من احرار الشام اقوى من القاعده واقوى من كل الفصائل اللي موجوده على الارض and for this reason there's no extremist group no group and no armed group whatsoever that can dare to challenge the civil society and that can dare to challenge this large community of people. There's no group that can do just even a fraction of what we can do. And so since we're more powerful than all of these groups, and we realized that when Ahrar al-Sham came to us and offered to protect us from Al-Qaeda and from Jabhat al-Nusra, we rejected their offer because we know that we're stronger than all of them. عنا عدة أمثلة صارت على الأرض وصار في عدة تحديات في 28/12/2013 دهموا مركزنا داعش واقتحموا مركز مكتب الإعلامي وأخذوا الراديو وأخذوا ناشطين مظاهرات مباشرة على الأرض اتصالات مع فصائل من الجيش الحر حراك مدني بسيط 31 بعد خمس أيام 31/2014 مكان في ولا عنصر من داعش مع انه كانت اقوى من القاضي ب مرات واقوى من وجودها هلا في الرقه ب مرات في يوم واحد طردناهم من كل محافظه ادلب ومن كل محافظه حلب وطردناهم للرقه حصرنا وجودهم في الرقه and what i'm telling you that we're stronger than all of these groups is not just wishful thinking and it's not just theory this is actually a result of an experiment that happened, a very real one, when on the 28th of December 2013, ISIS came to our media office and they abducted our personnel and they took our radio. Within days, the people mobilized against them and there were protests in the streets. And within <clears throat> one, less than one day, on the 3rd of January 2014, the Syrian people and the civil society and the armed opposition groups that support us kicked out ISIS from all of Idlib and all of Aleppo all the way to the east of Aleppo to where they are in Raqqa today. And at that time, it's important to note that ISIS was much stronger in our area than Al-Qaeda is today. It was 10 times stronger at least. So this, this demonstrates the, the power of civil society with, in comparison to these groups. نحن في من من شهر مارس هي السنه بعد ما صار بين قوسين تحرير في في الشمال السوري تحرير ادلب تحرير اريحه تحرير جسر الشغور صار في قبول نوعا ما لمثل هذا الجيش الفتح اللي سموه جيش الفتح مثل قاعدي او او هي التنظيمات الاسلاميه اللي اللي بين قوسين حررت هي المناطق من شغلنا يعني صار في قبول من المجتمع شغلنا من شهر مارس لحد هلا مع شوية ارتكابات لهود الناس اللي كانوا موجودين وصلنا لمحل هلا هلا هي يمكن ما حدا بيعرف انه الشعب على الارض بيكره كل شيء اسمه نظام وكل شيء بيدعم النظام بيكره كل شيء اسمه داعش وكل شيء بيدعم داعش بيكره كل شيء اسمه قاعدي وكل شيء بيدعم القاعدي بيكره كل شيء له علاقة في المتأسلمين بيكره so to also to demonstrate the power of the civil society also to demonstrate the power of the civil society and the impact that we have on the ground we should look at the events of the past one year and if we look at after the liberation the quote-unquote liberation of Idlib city and just a Shahur city, by many of these radical groups that took part in some of these liberation attempts. If we look at that, and we look at the days and weeks that followed those events, after that time, people were reluctantly sort of accepting or willing, uh, sort of allowing and, and maybe sympathizing or with some of those Islamist groups. But after a year of, of seeing those Islamist groups in our area and those radical groups, and seeing them commit violations with respect to the dignity of people in our area. After seeing these things and after we as civil society continue to 
push our messages. Now we've reached a point in our area, and this might be news to all of you, that the Syrian people, they have for three years, four years, they hate the Assad regime, and they hate everyone that backs the Assad regime. And they also hate ISIS, and they hate everyone that backs ISIS. But now they also hate Al-Qaeda, and everyone that supports Al-Qaeda. And they have gotten to a point where they hate Islamists in general to a point that they even have an aversion to people who have a long beard. But I want to give you a very simple example. اللي اخذناه مثلا او حجم الدعم اللي وصلنا لثلاث سنين مليونين دولار. بدي اخذ هالمقارنه التحالف الدولي اللي صار له عم يقصف داعش هلق سنه او اكثر وكل يوم عم يدعي انه عم يكلفه 10 مليون دولار وعم يستخدم اعتى انواع الاسلحه والقوى الجويه، شقد هو حقق على الارض وشقد مليونين دولار لثلاث سنين حققت على الارض. نحن تجوزنا ونحن عم نحارب بقده 23000 مره هو ما بيشتغلش So I want to make a comparison here. The comparison is that for us as a civil society organization from the day that we started in three years ago until today we've received only two million dollars of assistance to do our work and that has funded all of the projects that we've done. If you compare that with the US-led coalition against ISIS the fact that it gets, spends at least $10 million a day to bomb ISIS and to fight against ISIS. Not that we don't support that, but if you compare those two, you'll see that for us as civil society with $2 million over three years, we can do many, many fold, and we have done many fold what the international coalition has done. We've done that with a very, very small sliver of the, of the budget that they use every day. الفكرة ما هو بس منظمة يو ار بي موجودة على الأرض، في كذا مجموعة وكذا منظمة وعم تشتغل على الأرض منظمات مجتمع مدني من أحلى ما يكون، قد تتراوح في درجات القوة ولكن عم تشتغل وموجودة ومتوزعة ومنتشرة من من ريف إدلب، من إدلب، حلب، ريف دمشق، درعا، في كل مناطق سوريا موجودة منظمات مجتمع مدني، يوما ما رح تلتقي هي كل الجهود وهي اللي رح تبني سوريا. هي اللي راح تكون مسؤوله عن بناء سوريا لذلك القوه في دعم منظمات المجتمع المدني هذا اللي عم نطالب فيه اكثر and it's not just us at URB that are doing all the civil society work there are civil society activists and civil society groups across the country in Aleppo and Idlib and Latakia and the suburbs of Damascus and Daraa and Homs and Hama and throughout the whole country there are these civil society organizations and they may not all be the same level of of capacity and the same strength on the ground. But one day, all of those different civil society organizations across the country, they will meet and they will be able to work together and it will be those organizations that rebuild Syria. And that's why what our number one demand is for there to be much more support for the civil society to be able to do this work. اللي دخلت علينا هلق من شهر او اقل من شهر هو القصف الروسي اللي استهدف اللي استهدفنا بشكل خاص اللي حصل شيء جديد انه اشو القصف الروسي كيف عمل فينا وين النتائج وين وصلنا بس انه في فرق بدي احط لكم الفرق بين القصف الروسي والقصف الاسدي يعني انه في فرقين القصف الروسي او القصف الاسدي كان يضرب براميل او صواريخ البرميل او الصاروخ ياخذ بيت او بيتين يدمر بيت او بيتين او بنيه هلا القصف الروسي عم يضرب عم يشيل حاره كامله عم يشيل 5 6 كيلومتر مربع مساحه كلها عم تطلع في الجو من ناحيه ثانيه القصف الاسدي كان يوقف ايام اللي في غيم ايام اللي في مطر ايام اللي في هالقصص او في الليل حتى القصف الروسي ما بيعرف 24 ساعه كان شغال فوق المنطقه ودائما في اربع طيارات فوق المنطقه I'm sorry I've taken a while, but I want to just make one more very important point, and that is the recent development of the Russian intervention in Syria. The Russian airstrikes are targeting us as civil society. And I want to make the comparison for you between the Russian airstrikes and the Assad regime's airstrikes. The Russian airstrikes are, are much, much more 
ferocious and intense than the Assad regime's airstrikes. The barrel bomb, when it used to fall, it used to take out maybe one or two homes. But a Russian airstrike in our region is, taking, is causing five or six square kilometers to go up in smoke, and it's causing a massive amount of destruction. The other comparison is that the Assad regime was unable to fly during the rain and the fog, and even at night. But the Russian airstrikes, they're happening at all times of the day, 24 hours a day. We hear the planes, at least four planes are in the skies above us, day and night, regardless of the weather conditions. Russia claims that they're fighting against ISIS and that they're striking ISIS. But ISIS is 100 kilometers away from us. And what they're doing is they're striking us as civil society. They're hitting hospitals. They're hitting schools. They're hitting some moderate opposition groups in our area as well. And even the Al-Qaeda bases that we have in our region, even those are not being targeted in our region. They're targeting only the civil society and the, armed, the moderate opposition. للأسف القصف الروسي لقوته وللشيء اللي عم بيصير فيه إنه ليل ونهار خلى يكون في عدد نازحين أكثر خلى خلى النازحين خلى الناس تنزح من منطقة لمنطقة لتشعر في الأمان بس مجرد الحركة عم تشعر في الأمان لأنه استهدف مخيم القصف الروسي استهدف استهدف مخيم للنازحين في في القرى بين القرى اللي موجودة في ضيعنا كل المخيم النازحين اللي موجودة في مناطقنا كلها نزحت من أول وجديد وراحت باتجاه أطمي وكلها بتحاول تعبر وتطلع أوروبا تطلع أمريكا ما بعرف وين إذا الشعب السوري كله بدي فل كله بدي يصير لاجئين وكله بدي يصير نازحين من وراء القصف الروسي غيرنا ديموغرافية المنطقة ما بقى نعرف كيف بدنا نشتغل كمجتمع مدني وخرب الدنيا بالنسبة لنا the intensity of the Russian airstrikes is causing such a high level of fear that it's causing unprecedented amounts of fleeing and displacement and it's causing a lot of new refugees. The Russian airstrikes not long ago targeted an IDP camp um, in our area and we have many IDP camps in between villages uh, that are sort of um, spontaneously uh, camps that just um, are between the villages where IDPs exist and the Russians when they hit this camp it caused all of the IDPs in our entire area to start fleeing just because they're trying to flee from one town to another just to get a sense of, of doing something of, of, of safety. So this fleeing is causing a change in the demographics of the area and it's causing us as civil society not to be able to continue our work. <laughs> الهجمات الروسية هل يمكن وقف الأسد بس يبطل يشعر الشعب السوري إنه إنه بني آدم وعيش بأمان ممكن نوصل لهاللحظة أجينا لهون وسمعنا بس حكي. We came here and we asked the Americans if there's anything that can be done to at least stop the Russian airstrikes against civilians and civil society and the Assad regimes airstrikes and, and bombardment, aerial bombardment of civilians and civil society. And all we're hearing is just talk. There's nothing at all. We don't know where we're headed. We don't know if there will be any solution. We asked for a no-fly zone. We asked just for a small, safe area, five or six kilometers, where Syrians can be in that area and they can feel safe from everything. We asked this question once in a banner in our town, that is there not a single place on earth, is there no space left on earth that Syrians can go to and that they can feel safe? Has earth, planet earth really run out of all space for, for the Syrians that are fleeing this violence? I'm sorry that I took 
quite long, but it's been five years and I'm trying to draw stories from here and there to give you the best uh, understanding of what's going on and thank you so much for your attention. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Faris, first, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, personally a pleasure and an honor to meet you, and I think uh, everybody in this room feels the same way. You're, uh, to me and to others, the civilized and human face of the revolution. So I'm going to ask you only a couple of questions because we don't have a lot of time, and Ideally, we'd like to get a couple of questions from the audience. I can't promise that, but I will try. My first question uh, to you, Ra'id, is uh, could you tell us a bit more about uh, how you navigate uh, sort of the armed groups around you and how you manage your relationships with them? To what extent is it a cooperative relationship? To what extent is it a sort of confrontational and intense relationship? أي مجموعة؟ كل مجموعات مسلحة. يعني ال في في قادي. فيك تبيض بيناتهم يعني مش مشكلة. أكيد. هلا في تعاون أكيد في في بشكل متواصل إن كل قيادات الجيش الحر إني أصدقائي اللي موجودين في المنطقة كلهم أصدقائي وفي تعاون أكيد بس للأسف إني يعني كقوة عسكرية أضعف من المجموعات الثانية. بس إنه التعاون مع التعامل مع هوديك الناس الثانيين اللي هني المجموعات إن القائدي لما كان الداعش لما كان كل هذا هي مثل طريقة لعب كرة القدم يعني بدك تفتيل تفتيل بدك تطلع تأخذ الطابي من هون وتأخذه من هون وتلعبهم لعب يعني من رقصهم ترقيص لهود الناس هني هني ناس ما بعرف إيش بدي أشرح لك إنه ممكن يكون عقل مسكر فأنا ما بفكر عنده مجموعة شغلات هيك بس بيروح باتجاه واحد فأنت بدك تاخده بتجيبه يعني في في أمس اللي مثلا مثل هذا الحكي. So when it comes to the Free Syrian Army and the moderate opposition groups, of course, all the leaders of those groups, they're my friends. And of course, we talk and there's cooperation between us. But when it comes to those other groups, like Al-Qaeda and back when ISIS was present in our areas, Dealing with them is more like playing soccer. You're just trying to take the ball and weave in between them and dance around them and make their heads spin and just move between and navigate um, this difficult area. For example, I had a year in Nusra. They asked me if I wanted to stop the music on the radio. And a lot. And a lot. وأنا قلت لهم ما ما بيصير ما ما بوقي لما شفت إنه وضحهم عينهم أحمرت وبدون يشيلوا الراديو ويشيلوا كل هالقصص هاي إنه قلت لهم طيب أنتوا مشكلتكم مع الموسيقى إلا مع الأغاني قال مع الموسيقى قلت جبت شباب من عندنا مضي صوتهم طيب صاروا يقلدوا أغاني فيروز أغاني أليسا أغاني كل هاد القصص ونبسين بدون موسيقى فأي كيف إيش بدون يعملوا يعني صارت مشكلة هيك بالنسبة لهم فأجل عندي قال ممنوع الأغاني والموسيقى وقف بس الراديو ثلاثة أيام لما صار هذا الضغط الشعبي على أنه نحن منبس أنه أيمت بيجي طيارة من باتجاه المطار فالعالم تسمع لك تتعرف وين صارت الطيارة القصصية صار في ضغط شعبي عليهم أنه في مظاهرات أنه وين الراديو وين الراديو فنزلوا على صفحتهم على الفيسبوك أنه نحن ما هو نحن المسؤولين عن تسكير الراديو اللي سكروها في إدارة الراديو نحن طلبنا منهم يوقفوا الأغاني مباشرة رجعت البس ودعيت عشرين بنت عملت لهم دورة هاي ما كانت تصير عنا عملت لهم دورة إعلامية وهلا قصرنا نحط هاي زيادة تحدي لس حطينا هلا بتطلع بنات أصوات نسائية على الأخبار تطلع على التقارير على كل هاي القصص. So so one so one real example of this happened in June of this year when Al Qaeda came to my radio and they told me you have to turn off the music and I asked them. Is your problem with the music, with the instruments, or with just 
the singing. And they said, our problem is with the instruments, with the instrumentality of the music. And so what I did was I went and I found a few guys in our um, village who had really good voices. And I had them sing the same songs of Fairuz and Elissa and other songs that Al-Qaeda had an issue with, but with no instruments. And so I wanted to see what would happen. So a few, not long after, Al-Qaeda came back to me and they said, music and songs, they're both off limits. You can't do either of these at your radio. And of course, he refused to, to take off the music and he refused to take off uh, uh, the songs. So what he did was he just shut down the radio for a couple days to see what would happen. And there, he realized that there was, they, they really meant, I mean, they, they really were serious about this and that they might have taken the whole radio and shut the whole thing down militarily. So he just shut it off for a couple days. And within a couple days, the people of Kaframbil, because they had come to rely on the radio because the radio warned civilians about nearby helicopters, nearby airstrikes, and so on. So people used the radio as a lifeline. So when the radio was shut off, people started demonstrating, people started going to social media and saying, what happened to the radio? Why did the radio stop? Did Al-Qaeda shut down the radio? And so on. And so Al-Qaeda had to respond publicly on their Facebook page, and they said, we did not shut down the radio. It was not our decision to shut down the radio. The radio was shut down by the management of the radio, and after that, Ra'id realized that they were, in the they were on the defense. So the next day, he not only started up the radio, but he also made an announcement for a women's training for women to be on the radio and to get the voice of women on the radio. And this was a huge challenge to Al-Qaeda because this is something that even before the revolution, it was, we live in a conservative society, and this was something that was not really normal. So this, this short, sort of shows you how much more power we have compared to these groups and how we work with them. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to switch angles a bit and talk a bit about the politics. You have your finger on the pulse of local sentiment of the population you live with. This doesn't really get mentioned in the policy debate here in Washington. So as we're watching things like Vienna and diplomatic settlements and negotiations and Assad staying or Assad leaving, what do you think the, the, the population you share Syria with, especially in those areas, what would they and wouldn't they accept? as an outcome, what would they accept as an end to the war? And what would for them mean actually the revolution is worth it and has to continue despite the cost? اللي في هي اللحظة اللي بيطردوا بيلفظوا كل هؤلاء المتأسلمين اللي موجودين ضمن مجتمعنا لأنه نحن الناس ونحن اللي عنا عيال ونحن عنا الزوجات والولاد هني ما لهم ارتباط في الأرض هي نقطة النقطة الثانية الناس كرهت الدم وكرهت القتل وكرهت الدمار وكرهت عب تشتاق للوردي وعب تشتاق لقصة حب بس هذا الحكي ما بيعني أنه هؤلاء الناس رح يقبلوا أي حل سياسي نحن مشتاقين للحل السياسي وفي نتيجة كل كل نزاع راح يقعدوا الناس على طاولي ويحلوها على طاولي مشتاقين للحل السياسي بس كحد أدنى أحد أدنى لأنه يقبله في حل سياسي يكون حل سياسي بدون الأسد بدون الأسد ما بقى الناس تقبل تشوف حدا قتل ابنها وحدا قتل أخوها وحدا قتل حدا قطع أجرها وحدا دمر بيوتها ما بقى تقبل تشوفه في السلطة وطالما هو موجود في السلطة هو عبيعطي المبرر للإسلاميين يكونوا موجودين على الأرض I'd like to make a clarification here about what it's like on the ground and first of all the people after all of this time they've come to hate the Assad regime and they've come to hate everyone that the Assad regime supports and they've come to hate the Islamists and they've come to hate everyone that the, the supports those Islamist groups but the people they've also come to hate violence and they hate bloodshed and they yearn for peace and they yearn for stability and going back to normal life. They miss love stories, they miss flowers, they miss all of this stuff, they miss normal life. And so people are looking for some kind of peace and some kind of political solution. But having said that, there is a minimum for the people to accept. And that minimum is a political solution that does not that has no Assad in it. 
And that's because the people, after all of this time, and after Assad killed so many people and destroyed so many homes in Syria and caused so many amputees and orphaned so many children, after all of this time, people can't stand to see, people cannot go back to seeing this man as the helm of the country. Thank you for making that critical point. I'm going to drop the rest of my own questions just to be able to give people in the audience a chance to ask theirs. So I'll take a few, maybe two questions. Uh, we have 10 minutes, so please be brief and please ask a question. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Daniel Berninger and I'm in the communications sector. You said it was really important to connect with the citizens. How have the communication infrastructure held up? Do you have cell phones, texting, et cetera, internet? على الاطلاق مع وسائل الاتصال على الاطلاق مع حتى الكهرباء على الاطلاق مع مي مع هي القصص كلها عملنا قصص بديله فعندنا اتصالات ما في في عندنا مولدات للكهرباء بيشتغلوا خمس ساعات في اليوم دفع مصيري بتدفع مصيري والمي كمان نحن امنناها وسيله الاتصال بين الراديو وبين وتفاعلها للجمهوري صناديق بريد بيكتبوا لنا رسائل ونحن بنجمع هي الرسائل وبنشوف نتفاعل مع جمهورنا so absolutely not. We don't have any kind of communications infrastructure, no cell phones, no internet. We don't even have electricity and running water. Um, what we did was we created alternatives for all of those things. So for the electricity, we have uh, generators that run five hours every day, and people have to pay money to be able to use those. We were able to create running, bring running water using the wells and the systems that we created. And with respect to the radio, um, people, we, we have radio, we have competitions on the radio and so that people can uh, interact and answer the questions that we ask on the radio, we set up mailboxes throughout the town so people are a answering those and putting the letters on mailboxes. So we had to invent our own alternatives, but we don't have any kind of uh, cell phone and, and internet. <laughs> نطمح في المستقبل يصير عندنا حمام زيجيل يعني وقت انه هذا التطور يكون خلص ما في داعي I'll take the next question Stairs Ibrahim Hi Raed and Faisal good to see you guys Raed can you speak more to your relationship with the interim government in Gaziantep do you receive any support from them and do you prefer that um, the support goes to the interim government or to the civil society directly uh, inside Syria, especially in, in the north and in your areas? انه مدى الدعم يروح لمنظمات المجتمع المدني هي القادره انه تشتغل على الارض وهي القادره تكون فعلي على الارض بس كمان ما ينسوا يدعموا الحكومه المؤقته والائتلاف ويكون لهم دور ويكون لهم دور على الارض كمان ويكون لهم تواصل مع المجالس المحليه تواصل حقيقي يعني ابدا على تواصل حقيقي المفروض يدعموا الجهتين بس المجتمع المدني اكثر لانه المجتمع المدني منظمات المجتمع المدني هي القادره على انه تخلق هي المجالس المحليه على الارض هي القادره على انه تدعم سياسه هي المجالس المحليه المجلس المحلي مثل ما بتعرف انه بيصير في ثلاث شهور او اربع شهور وبعدين بيفلوا بيجي غيره فهذا ما هو قادر على انه يبني مجتمع ويبني علاقه مع مع الحكومه او كذا منظمات المجتمع المدني هي اللي بتبني العلاقه مع الناس وهي اللي بتبني العلاقه مع الحكومه بس لا ينسوا الحكومه لانه في الاخير رغم انه هي اسوء ما خلق الرحمن على الارض انه هي ممثل لمعارضه او لثوره هي اسوء ما ما حصل بس لابد منها يعني هي ضروره في الاخير بدنا حدا جهه يحكي معها المجتمع الدولي على الاقل عم يبدي يحكي المجتمع الدولي معي So to answer your question first of all we don't have any kind of relationship with the interim government they don't support us uh, at all um, and we do advise and encourage donors to support civil society directly uh, and to do more on that regard because civil society is the most capable to do work directly on the ground but having said that we also ask that donors support 
the Etilaf, the Syrian coalition, and the interim uh, government to empower them to be able to develop those relationships on the ground, to be able to develop those communications with the local councils. And when it comes to the local councils, many of them are very short-lived and they change frequently and stuff like that. So that's why the civil society is really the, the more appropriate place uh, for, for the international community to support. Just want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you. And a very quick question. From what I'm hearing is that civil society, if it can be stronger, definitely it can push Daesh back better. What, I, what I'm wondering is, you have no ways of communication, as we, I heard. How do you make connections with other civil societies that are active in this war-torn country? Thank you. كيف كيف نعمل كيف نتواصل مع منظمات المجتمع المدني الموجوده في في المنطقه انه يعني مثلا اشرح لي السؤال بالنسبة لمثل ما قررنا نحن مراكزنا منظمات المجتمع المدني في عندنا شيء اسمه ساتلايت انترنت وعم نستخدمه فبإمكاننا نتواصل عبر الساتلايت انترنت هي هي يعني هي أحد الوسائل 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 الثانية ممكن نحن نروح لعندهم ونيجوا لعنا وبشكل دائم في تواصل وفي اجتماعات ونروح نتنقل يعني في سيارات وفي خصائص so he's saying that um, most of the civil society organizations and the local councils and, and these kinds of organizations have satellite internet now. And so at least for those organizations, they're able to communicate with each other using satellite internet. And in, in other ways, they can also move between, I mean, they can jump in their car and sort of move between. So, th so they're able to transport and have meetings and stuff like that within the country. Interesting. One last question. Yes, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, my question is about, uh, I know that you don't have a lot of relationship with uh, other organization, but have you ever think globally, have you ever think about those other uh, civil society organization in other countries, as the conflict in Syria is now a kind of international? Have you ever think about having a link of a connection with people in Egypt, people in the, in the area? Thank you. والله هو يعني هو ضروري جدا هي ضروري جدا انه يكون في تواصل وفي اتصالات بينه وبين هذه المنظمات بس للاسف نحن في عندنا اولويات ووضعنا هلا ما بيسمح لانه يكون في اتصال واذا صار واذا حصل بنكون بنرحب كثير في هذا الحكي بس انه في الوضع الحالي في الوقت الراهن كل يوم في طيران في السماء كل يوم في هالحركه يعني صعب يمكن التواصل So of course we we wish that we could do more of that and we're not able to do that because of the very difficult circumstances that we live under and we were facing daily aerial bombardment. We're facing all of these uh, very difficult circumstances to work under. So we wish and we would encourage and we would welcome for other uh, NGOs and other civil society groups in other countries to work more closely with us, but that's just something we, it's not high enough priority and we can't make it um, a higher priority than surviving the conditions we live under. Well, Raed. Thank you very much. I admire very much your bravery and your optimism, especially, actually. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.